Well, good morning. Uh, it is the Lord's Day, and it is uh, good to be together, even if it is online. And uh, so I'm I'm glad that you could join. Um, uh, for me, it's actually Thursday morning. I'm recording this early Thursday morning uh, so that I don't have to worry about the stress of getting this all together and uploaded on the day of, I can spend this time with my family, uh, with you, and um, and enjoy the Lord's Day as it, we were supposed to, <laughs> rather than stress over technology. So um, God is good, and uh, he gives us, thank, uh, thankful that he has given me time to be able to get this done ahead of time. So um, I have... Uh, uh, a word for you this morning, a word of admonishment and a word of encouragement. And because we're not together and I'm not speaking to the people who are in our our little sanctuary, maybe I'm speaking to a, a broader audience today, a broader audience who are watching online, people who might uh, not normally see me, uh, people who have been away, um, I have a, a bit of a different message this morning, and um, I am trusting in the Lord that he is going to be speaking through uh, me to you and through the Holy Spirit, uh, and that he will do great and mighty things. Hope you have your Bibles. I'm going to be departing from our, our current series that we have been in uh, just for a little bit uh, to get this broader message out. Uh, we'll be looking in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. Um, but let us go to the Lord in prayer because we always want to do that. We always want to approach his holy word uh, with an attitude of prayer and humility. So let us bow in prayer. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, asking you humbly, Lord, that you would move upon our hearts with grace and with power to allow us to humble ourselves up under your word. Give us grace to receive it. Give us humility to receive it. Move in us, Father, to live by it, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Let us not be offended in your word, Lord. Let us see it as precious. Let us hear it as a call. Let us hear it as your as your love letter to us, calling us ever closer to you to be more like Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So again, we're in Hebrews chapter 10. Please forgive me if I sound winded. I'm still dealing with some of the effects of the shortness of breath from the coronavirus. Um, I'm not um, not really struggling with it, but I am a little, little short-winded, but uh, um, it's not been too bad, but I do I do feel a little short-winded. So if I if I feel sound like I'm panting, that's that's why. So anyway, Hebrews chapter ten. Uh, the specific verses I'm looking at today are uh, verses twenty-three through twenty-five. So let's let's go ahead and read that. The writer says, "Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering." For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, 
but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now this, for any of you who've been in church at any length of time at all, this will be a familiar passage to you. You've heard this uh, probably a hundred times. Uh, preachers use this all the time to encourage people to stay in church, um, come to church, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, you need to be sure that you go to church. And if you, if you study the Hebrews, if you study specifically chapter 10, you'll see that the first, uh, gosh, the first uh, uh, 18 verses or so, you know, uh, the writer is is really laying out the case for Christ. It's the, the case that Jesus is better and the covenant that Jesus has made with us is better. He says, you know, there's these sacrifices, the sacrificial system, and it just doesn't cut it. It just doesn't pass the muster. Um, day in, day out, they're having to do these sacrifices, and none of those sacrifices can atone for sin. They don't wash away sin. And he even makes a case, he says, in fact, all they do is remind you of the sin that you have. Day in, day out, your priests gather in the temple, and they make more sacrifices and more sacrifices, and they're still making sacrifices. And then we had Jesus come, and he said, Father, you didn't even want sacrifices. You didn't desire sacrifices. You desired holiness. And, but you said, okay, sacrifices. And the sacrifices just come, and they just come. And they don't even make anybody holy. He said, but I come to do your will. And then the writer says, so Jesus made one sacrifice. And then he sat down at the right hand of God, and he made everybody righteous who would believe in him. He sanctified everybody who would believe in him. And he sat down at the right hand of God, and he is waiting for all of his enemies to be made his footstool. And in verses 18 through uh, 19 and 20, um, he talks about how we have this confidence now, this this whole new confidence that we can go into the the presence of God. We don't have to have this 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 blood every day spilled. We, we don't have to do this whole work thing. We can go into the presence of God with this new confidence because Christ has made this, this all-sufficient sacrifice and we are washed and, and we are made clean and we, are, we have this confidence that we can go before the presence of God. So then, then he says in verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. So he's made this whole case for 20 some odd verses about how Christ is better. And he's talking to Hebrews now about how Christ is better because they've had this whole sacrificial system, this whole way of doing things. And then he comes to verse 23 and he says, now now you've got to understand there's, there's this better way. And we, you, we've got to hold fast to this better way because there's a temptation there's a, 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 a desire or, a, or a, a temptation to, to want to do it the old way. You, you want to have this new way, but then you want to go back to the old way. You, you want to go back to the temple and, and, and take a goat when you've done something wrong. But you, you shouldn't do that because Christ has already uh, made the sufficient sacrifice. You need to place your hope in Christ. He says, so we need to hold fast to this confession of of hope and and that's what it is it's a confession of hope 
And he says, without wavering. So we, you don't need to go back and forth. We can't, we can't be wishy-washy in this. You've got to hold fast to this, this new way, this, this new uh, grace that we've been given. This old law is passed. We've been given this new grace in Jesus Christ, and he has made everything new for us, and it's all, it's all brand new, and it's all much, much better. It's all sufficient. Your priests are making sacrifices every day and they're just reminding you of the old, old death and Jesus has given you new life and you need to hold fast to that confession without wavering because he who promised is faithful. And then in verse 24, and this is kind of where I want to hang my hat today. This is a plea. He says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So he said, we have to consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. And, and why would he say that? It's because of the verse that came before, verse 23. We have to hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. It's a confession of hope. Proverbs thirteen twelve said that hope deferred makes the heart sick. So th this is a confession of hope. So we have not seen the day of Jesus Christ yet. We have not seen the second coming yet. This is a confession of hope, a future hope, a hope of glory that is going to happen. We've not seen that with our own eyes yet. It is a hope that is yet to happen, and it is a hope that is deferred. Uh, in, in many respects, we have not seen this with our own eyes yet. We see through a glass dimly yet, as Paul says. So we've not actually seen this. So uh, if, you know, too, too long of waiting it can make the heart grow, grow sick. So we need to encourage one another, Paul says. Or, uh, so let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. This is a a confession of hope, and to hold on to this confession of hope without wavering, we must consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. In order for you to hold on to this confession of hope, we have to stir one another up. And how do we do this, he says? Not neglecting to meet together. And here's where we get to it. And here's where I have to put on my... Uh, pastoral hat, um, a hat of admonishment, uh, my hat of a loving spiritual father. You know, we've been in this pandemic now for nine months, 10 months. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, we, we shut things down because we just didn't know. There was a lot of, of uncertainty and uh, we were trying to be very cautious and very careful, and we were doing what the our state uh, asked us to do, and um, and you know and, and we're still doing that. We're still taking precautions. We're wearing masks. We're we're uh, we're doing cleanings. Uh, all that good stuff. Uh, 
you know, we've got hand sanitizers. We're, we're taking, we're not just throwing caution to the wind in, in our congregation. Um, we're distancing where we can um, and asking people to, to be careful where they can. Um, if you cannot wear a mask, if you have a, you know, some people in the congregation, they just, uh, you know, they have breathing issues. They just can't wear a mask. And so we have a, a rule in the church. If you can't wear one, that that's fine. Everyone who can is wearing a mask. Um, so, but you have to assess your own, your own risk. Um, and so, that's 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 where we're at on that as a congregation. You you have to assess your own risk, and determine whether or not uh, you you know what's what's right for you. But here's the thing, and this is very much uh, very much wise words from from the writer of Hebrews. We have to stir up one another to love and good works or we risk losing the confession of hope. We risk losing it. And the way we stir one another up to love and good works is by meeting together. It's been many months since we've seen some of you. We miss you. We love you and we miss you. And when you're not here with us, we hurt. And if you think about it, that still small voice inside you, the Spirit of God within you, it longs for the gathering of the saints. And I'm going to, I talk with my wife about this uh, um, when we have hard conversations. It's, I call it hard truth. It's loving, um, and I just pray that you receive me in a loving way, because this is exactly how I mean it. But I, I'm not saying this to bring any condemnation on anybody. I'm, I'm fully with the Apostle Paul on this. There is therefore now no condemnation for anyone who is in Christ the Lord. And there are legitimate reasons that people have for not gathering at church but they also have legitimate reasons for not going to other places. You know, they're, they're having their groceries brought to them. They're not leaving their house for other reasons. But then there are lots of people, I mean many people, who they're not going to church, but on Monday morning they're still going to work. Um, you know, they're going to get their groceries. Um, an hour at church is not important, but going to get groceries and going to work and all that stuff, that's, they can do that. Those are risks they're willing to take. And it's just, it's one of those things where you have to consider, and I'm saying this with all love, you have to consider the, the felt needs, the temporary needs, and we'll make excuses for those and we'll, we'll, we'll take risks for those but then there's the eternal needs and we won't take risks for those for an hour at church. And you think, well, I don't need to go to church. And there's no commandment in the Bible to go to church. Well, there's no commandment, um, but there's a lot of wisdom that says we need to. And I will tell you that you cannot be church by yourself. Church 
And you say, well, church is not a building. You're right, it's not. But it's not a person either. Church is a gathering. It's a gathering of people. You cannot be church on your couch. Um, that's just the long and short of it. Um, church is a gathering of the saints. And uh, I say this with all love. It's been months since we've seen some of you. Um, and even for those people, there are people who watch these videos who don't even aren't even members of Family Worship Center. Um, and if you have a church home that you have not seen in months, I admonish you to go there. Um, some of you have legitimate reasons and you have legitimate concerns and there are real reasons why you have not been back uh, to, to your congregation. Um, and there's no, there's no condemnation here for that. What I'm asking you to do today is to really consider, is there a real reason? Um, and if you have it, that's great. If you have a real reason and, and, and you can weigh that reason and you can, uh, between you and the Lord, and you can say to yourself, yes, uh, God, we're good. And, and uh, though it hurts, this is what I need to do. I need to stay home. Then that's fine. But um, I think for most people, the situation is that we've either uh, gotten complacent or we've gotten lazy or we're in a rebellious state. Um, and that's just, that's my loving pastoral heart talking, calling you back, begging you, saying we love you and we miss you. And using this platform this Sunday because I'm not speaking to the congregation directly in front of me, I'm speaking hopefully to people who might who might be seeing me in their living rooms, who might not have been in our congregation for months. And I'm saying to you, come home, come home. If you look down in verse 39 of, of uh, chapter 10, Paul says, we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed. We are those who have faith and persevere or preserve. We are those who have faith and preserve our souls. That would be my final word to you. Don't shrink back and be destroyed. That's what you risk. That is really, think about it. That is really what you risk. No, going to church does not save you, but it certainly helps your soul. It helps the strengthening of your soul. It helps the perseverance and the preservation of your soul, the well-being of your soul to gather together with the, the saints. You know, the Bible tells us that, that we have to uh, uh, in, that we have to bear one another in love. And there's a, there's a friction there. There's a, uh, a friction there when it talks about bearing one another in love. There's a, uh, an implication that there's going to be some friction. Um, you cannot bear someone or bear with someone if you are not with someone. You cannot grow together if you are not together. It necessitates being together. That, and that's what coming together is all about. There's, there's, 
there's so little opportunity for spiritual growth when we are not together. And, and that's what I just, that's what I want to tell you. We love you. And, and for those of you who are not, who have not, who we have not seen in a long time, please consider coming home. And if you have uh, real, legitimate, real concerns, at the very least, reach out to us. Uh, you know, reach out to me on Facebook, call me or something. I'd very much like to connect with you and, and just just have a conversation just to know that you're okay. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to impose on you. Everyone has their, their lives that they lead. And, 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 uh, you know, I don't want to be the guy that's banging down your door. Uh, you know, uh, but, uh, I do want to know that you're okay, and I do want to know that your soul is okay. So um, this is me calling you home, and this is me asking you to uh, prayerfully consider why you have been away for so long. And for those of you who have been faithful and who are coming, I have one, uh, and even those of you who are considering coming back, I do. I have one more thing for you. Uh, next week will be the second Sunday of the new year, and uh, this is my second word for you. Um, we've hunkered down long enough. Um, this has been burning in my soul for a little bit now, for a while now. Um, I want you to be in prayer about something bold. Um, I think it's time for us to make some bold steps. And I think the word that we have been receiving, the scriptures that the Lord has been taking us through during this new year or during this past year um, has been gearing us up for that. I don't know what it exactly will look like, I don't know what a bold step for Family Worship Center will look like. Um, I don't, I'm not saying the church in general has been hunkered down for, I mean, the church in general has been doing bold things for Jesus Christ for 2,000 years. Uh, I'm talking specifically about our little church. Um, what I do know is that it won't be comfortable, so uh, hold on to your hat. Uh, so be in prayer about that, and we'll, we'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. So. Uh, God bless you all. I love you very much, and I cannot wait to see you again next week. Bye-bye.